Welcome to Running and Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there is Running on Ice, the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. Before we get into our guest interview, let's get into some headlines. China has developed space refrigerators that are game-changing for vaccine distribution. These refrigerators are specifically designed for space, the final frontier. These fridges have to be lighter than the ones in homes and able to withstand the pressure and vibrations that come with launching an actual spaceship. While it's not always required for space travel, these fridges have been snatched up to be used in the handling of medical devices and food supply chains to help get temperature-sensitive products where they need to be with less effort and less packaging. According to the latest report by iMark Group titled Refrigerated Transportation Market Global Industry Trends Share Size Growth Opportunity Forecast 2023 to 2028, the global refrigerated transport market size reached about $17.8 billion in 2022. Looking forward, the market is expected to reach $24.3 billion by 2028, exhibiting a growth rate of 5.3% over the next five years. Moreover, the considerable growth in the food and beverage industry is acting as another major growth-inducing factor. Besides this, the increasing demand for food products among the masses is positively influencing the market growth. Additionally, the rising demand for temperature-sensitive pharmaceutical drugs across the globe is providing a thrust to the market as well. Kraft Mac and Cheese announced the brand's first venture into the Frozen section for its deluxe line of mac and cheese. Kraft Mac and Cheese Deluxe Frozen is a single-serve meal available in two mouth-watering flavors, original cheddar and four cheese. The products feature perfectly cooked macaroni pasta covered in a creamy home-style cheese sauce and topped with real cheddar cheese. As the makers of America's favorite comfort food, Kraft Mac and Cheese is responding to fans' evolving needs and preferences with a delicious and ultra-comforting new frozen option. Deluxe Frozen requires minimal prep, cooking time, and cleanup, all while maintaining craft quality and taste. Today, we are joined by Nick Scheidt, Director of Operations at Circle Logistics. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hi, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Um, For those who might think that they're hallucinating, this is Nick's first time on the show, but we did interview him for the 3PL Summit, and, you know, he was just so great we had to have him back. (laughs) Thank you. Um, but for anyone who might not have caught you on the 3PL Summit, before we get started, why don't you give us a brief rundown on your background and how you got started at Circle? Yeah, uh, been with Circle now going on five years, been in a few different roles with the company, started as business development and some of our early stages um, at our corporate office here in Fort Wayne, worked in that for a while, took over account management for a little while and uh, helped see some of the growth of our existing accounts and uh, now manage our operations team that handles some of the premium, which would include bulk and expedite and some of the project management stuff that we do here. So I'm um, very thankful to be here, excited to continue to grow with the company and, and you know, continuing to see Circle be a premier partner for a lot of carriers, or a lot of carriers and a lot of companies. You guys are just kind of the more or less the answer to every anything that someone's looking for. That's what we try to be. Um, you know, we, we credit ourselves as a niche carrier. If there's an issue with the customer, we're going to go figure out a solution for them. You know, I kind of like the niche carriers, though, because like it's kind of that hallmark sign of like, you know, we know what we do and we know how to do it very well. 
Um, but if we don't know how to do it, we are going to be the first to say, this maybe isn't for us. Absolutely. I like that. Um, but kind of, can, can you touched on Expedite and how that's one of the things that you guys are good at. And Expedite is one of those tricky, tricky, tricky things where, you know, it has to, like, there's really not much margin for error. Um, so I guess based off the cost and like the risk that's associated with, you know, getting things there as fast as possible sometimes, um, what is like, I guess, when is it worth it for a shipper to truly do an expedited load versus when they, um, versus just like, I want it there quickly, but maybe through some better planning, we can make a cheaper alternative. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, definitely when we look at what comes into the end customer needing the product to was it something where the supplier messed up on was it an increase in production that they didn't take account for there's obviously a lot of different variables that come into it and human error is always going to be an issue that comes along with that as well uh, you know unfortunately planning does come a large part of this and production doesn't always go as the black and white read it by the line that it's supposed to be. And so uh, there are certainly ways that, you know, customers have looked at, you know, hey, we've we've got to reduce costs in the expedite side. And there are other times where the customer just literally does not care. It's keeping their line open and it, it's moving it forward. So, you know, it it is a definitely a very stressful side of the business. It's not your dedicated planned work. It is something that, you know, you have to be free flowing and be able to kind of answer to what your customer is going to need, because at the end of the day, they have to make the decision on what's going to be right for them. And I guess like because a lot of times those expedites, especially like in the cold chain world, they have to happen quickly and there's not much margin for error. Um, I guess at what point in time do you end up revisiting that revisiting um, that spending and that kind of process with that shipper going, hey, this is what you're currently doing getting a little out of control is maybe there's something else that we need to look at or if pretty much the shipper is fine with cutting a giant check every month that you're just like okay we'll just keep doing this a lot of times it's the latter uh, again it, it's going to be the customer that has to determine that they look at their freight spend they look at what their production schedule looks like they look at you know all the the variables that do go into place with that we do try to provide good feedback to the customer and saying hey you know we've noticed that you know, maybe this shipment's coming up from the Southwest here and it's, you know, been a, a truckload shipment, but can we reduce it to an LTL shipment that's expedited and it saves, you know, a significant amount. There are some times that the customer doesn't always have the visibility of what's being shipped from, you know, those suppliers as well. And so, you know, we, we do try to work within our customers' needs and what they need overall. Uh, but again, if, if they say do it, we do. I mean, if the customer is always right, but, you know, if they're just like, yeah, I'm totally fine spending an obscene amount of money on my freight spend versus actually fixing any problems internally, then I guess you're just like, okay, cool. We'll keep, we'll keep getting those trucks for you. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I don't think it's anything that can absolutely go away uh, just because of you know, planning's never going to be perfect. And so when planning's not perfect, you're going to have this or you're going to have up Oh, obviously, at the end of the day, if, you know, whoever our customer and what they're supplying has to continue to move in production, that's obviously going to push forward as well. Yeah, you kind of, um, I mean, 
nothing in supply chain ever really goes exactly to plan. So <laughs> why should we ever assume that it will? Um, but I guess when it comes to like, you know, going out and prospecting and finding some new customers, as I'm sure everyone's doing right now, um, there's nothing we love more than a down market trying to get new customers. Um, what do you guys kind of what's your secret sauce for going out and like maybe those first two touches with a customer that's brand new and you're trying to bring them on? Because um, obviously right now that approach is much different than it was even a year, year and a half ago when rates were crazy high and it was just as can you get can you just get a truck here because then you win now everyone can get a truck there it's really about what sets you apart so what's kind of that that first approach the the secret sauce if you will for um getting that first touch and then getting that second phone call it's never going to happen the first or second time in sales wish it would right and make our life a, a lot easier it's you know typically the seventh eighth ninth tenth time that you've touched base with that customer and a lot of that is is you know sales gets the negative connotation that it's just a brand new person and they're reaching out and maybe a new person does it two months later or three months later, you know, and, and so when that repetition continues to happen, you, you don't have any trust that's naturally built with your customer. But at the same time, if you are going to that customer on a consistent basis, you're talking not just about what their freight spend is, not just about what their needs are. But more importantly, you're talking overall, what can we specifically do for them? And in addition, how can we do it differently that's more successful for what you've got going on? It's got to be a little bit relationship-based. It's got to be a little bit of what's different. Obviously, cost is always going to come in and make a, a, a play for that. But as well, service has to go along with it. You could be the largest asset carrier or the largest brokerage carrier. But if you have a negative connotation about service, that customer may not do it. It may not just be, hey, yeah, your price is the absolute cheapest there too. So um, we do pride ourselves on being able to network and being able to rely on all of our existing customers, not necessarily on a total referral basis, but in that same sense, we can say, hey, we've worked with X, Y, and Z customer that has a very similar network pattern that you have here. We've got trucks that are going to be available overall. Maybe this helps into our backhaul segment. Maybe this helps into our existing network where maybe the volume has sloped off onto this other customer and we can provide, you know, very competitive rates for you. There's going to be a lot of different things, but I think the most important thing is, is continuing to be, you know, a part of them and being able to talk with them overall, not just a one and done and move on to the next one. I like that. It's kind of that... Um, it's kind of that, you know, the word of mouth, but on steroids a little bit where you're like, yeah, like we're really good at what we do. And, you know, you're like someone else that has similar freight profiles. We're already crushing it. Um, I also feel like that's something that a lot of, you know, 3PLs or logistics or any kind of um, intermediaries are really, um, they kind of struggle with you know, um, saying like, yeah, we're already doing this. Here's a reference. Go ahead and call this customer and they'll say, here you go. This is like, they'll give you the honest opinion of what it's like working with us. And I feel like that's something that is kind of underutilized a little bit. Um, Cause I mean, we want it from some newer carriers, like the carriers that maybe have less than three to six months of authority. You know, you would be expecting a reference of like, yes, this is a, a legitimate carrier. It's not um, a shady one. So I feel like if anything, a shipper should be doing their due diligence when working with a partner like that. Um, but also, 
you know, it really does kind of already set that tone when you're like, you know, we already specialize in moving this type of equipment. So or this type of goods or anything like that. So we should be good from there. So I, I really like that you guys kind of double down on that niche that you have and say like, yeah, we're pretty much already crushing it. So if you would like to join the the cool team, come on. Absolutely. The luckiest thing we can have is, is having a logistics or procurement manager leave from one company, go to the other and be able to say, hey, we were already doing this for you. They then become obviously our spokesperson within the company there too. So yeah, that's always a home run when we look at it that side. But Outside that, yeah, it, it definitely is. If we can, you know, look and say, we've done this type of freight, whether it be bulk, whether it be expedite, whether it be a project management, whether it be, you know, reefer style, uh, if we could say we've done this for this company and it has a natural footprint, it does help us get into the door a little easier. We still have to gain that trust and, and be able to provide value to the customer. That's where you can kind of be like a, like when you're in the door and you're like, I know a really quick way to build some trust. Just give me one load, one load, and we will crush it, this one load. And then, because that's, I feel like that's kind of the easiest way to build that trust is, you know, following through and delivering on what you say that you're going to do. And I think that's just the fastest way to do it because it's, I mean, you're just putting your money where your mouth is pretty much like, yeah, we know how to do it. We know how to do this. Absolutely. Um, so I guess, how do you highlight some of these? Because, um, you know, when you approach a temperature controlled shipper or something like that, or a shipper that needs reefer units, how do you kind of highlight like the the fact that, you know, you, they, they won't have to worry about, you know, something losing temperature or something going outside of zone or kind of how do you highlight those advantages that you guys have? when it comes to reassuring a shipper that, you know, is taking that chance and maybe is trying to put their trust in you guys for the first time. Like when it comes to some of that, how do you kind of highlight those those extra needs that that shipment might have? You know, as, as simple as it is, a lot of these shipping managers, procurement managers, logistics managers for these companies are not dumb. You know, a lot of it comes down to the verbiage that you are using with that customer as well. If, you know, you're speaking their language, they're naturally going to understand, hey, this is what's going on, right? They they know that whether the temperature needs to be this or if it needs to be an insulated bulk tanker or if, you know, the specifics to the hookups that you need or the type of expedite that it's going to need. When you talk about those things and you can talk, you know, with an educated mindset to them, they have that natural trust that comes along with it. Um, obviously, as we said before, nothing is perfect. There are going to be issues. And sharing some of those issues. Hey, we had this type of issue that went down. We had to go and, you know, if it was a bulk shipment in and, you know, it got laid over for two or three days and they found out that we found the steam unit and made sure that the product, whether it be, you know, vegetable oil or anything like that was brought back to temperature. I got to say, yeah, we've gone through that. That stinks. We know exactly what you're talking about. We know the cost that occurs, you know, everything like that. Again, it, it, sharing, I guess, instances where issues happen also kind of relay onto that experience that you could talk of just doing the freight in general i kind of like that it's that thing of like you know we we are human we do make mistakes things happen we're not afraid to admit any mistakes that we've made but also you know we know how to fix them because you know who hasn't had a uh, a freight a shipment of chicken show up that should have been raw and is completely frozen with a pitchfork sticking out of the side of it <laughs> <laughs> So on the flip side, this kind of goes into it a little bit, but you've got that new customer, you know, they're all on board, things are going well, um, you know, they're happy with their service. We've had a couple hiccups, but nothing crazy um, because heaven forbid anything go seamlessly. 
Um, what if, what if, what else do you guys do to kind of maintain that relationship and build it and say, you know, like, hey, just because we landed you doesn't mean we're going to stop working to keep and earn your business, you know, because it's always that strong push in the beginning of like, look, this is great. It's flawless. But then a year or two later, everybody's like, hey, I'm still here. Like, I exist. Like, are we still cool? So how do you kind of maintain that relationship um, outside of, you know, just continuing to deliver on service or meeting the shippers, you know, requirements? Is there any kind of extra special secret that you have to that? We try to build, obviously, more than just a transactional relationship with our customers. Now, we can't do it with every single customer, but we do try to build that communication outside of A to B and, and everything went, went effective for itself. Um, you know, there are customers that we do an annual sponsorship into maybe something that they are very passionate about, whether it's a diabetes golf outing that we're doing, or if it's a conference that they consistently go to, we're trying to make sure that we're in front of them outside of the phone call. Hey, pick up the shipment. Hey, here's the tender and go forward with it. That helps us not only keeping good gracious with them, but we also look at different avenues of where that customer is. Uh, a lot of times when we get into with a customer, it's one specific area, whether it's truckload, whether it's reefer, whether it's bulk, whether it's expedite, uh, project management, whatever it may be for them, we get into that one area. And then now year two, three, four, five, six, and with that customer, you know, as we continue to have conversations with them, as we continue to be in front of them, as we continue to visit them, we're saying, what else do we have? We understand you do $100 million in freight spend, and we're maybe 0.5% of that. We know that there are other segments that we could potentially help with. Here's what we've done so far for you. Now let's move it and, and transition into a different sector that we can also assist with. I kind of like that, that like, you know, we're, it's, it's that it's that little stuff that shows that, you know, you are a partner, you do care, um, you are there for more than just, hey, we'll take your freight and get it to where it's supposed to be in one piece. It's that, no, we do care about more than that. And I, I really like that touch. That's, that's really, really nice. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess this is everyone's favorite um, part, or at least it's my favorite part. Um, what are some of those common challenges that you have? Because like we've mentioned multiple times, and it's, it's logistics. Not a single day goes by where everything goes to plan. There's some fire somewhere that always needs to be put out. And it's just a matter of, is it a 40-story building or just a tiny little dumpster fire? Um, so I guess when it comes to that, what are some of those most common challenges that come with some of these expedited uh, operations? And what are the ones that make the best stories? A lot of it does stem from some of the suppliers being behind. And, you know, when it comes to a supplier being behind, it's also trying to figure out what's going to be the best avenue to get it there as quickly as possible. And, and obviously the suppliers are doing their absolute best to make sure that they can push forward and meet the demands of the end customer. That's not always on the same time frame as the end customer that, that happens. So we have definitely had some very interesting ones. Um, we've done shipments where we absolutely expedited it, put a team on it, got it there as soon as possible. And then all of a sudden, uh, the trailers dropped for five or six days. And you know, we're sitting back and we're looking, you know, what can we do? Because obviously, we sold this to our carrier that it's going to be expedited. You're getting unloaded right away. You're, you've got 
everything taken care of in that sense. And then they get there and it's like, okay, hold up, wait. Uh, you know, so, uh, we obviously have a responsibility to our carriers to, to, you know, allow them to keep their trucks moving and making money. And, you know, as, as much as we appreciate always the layovers and the tension and everything that doesn't equate to a truck fully getting compensated during the time as well. So, you know, we're looking at avenues to help with that customer, whether it be a redelivery, whether it be cross docking or, or anything like that. Um, there's been multiple times that I know I've had a 24 to 30 hour day, uh, just simply because I knew the shipment was so hot that, you know, it, it may, may or break, uh, our customer relationship that we have with them. Not that we've had, you know, maybe a negative with them in the past, but it's more so a, this is it, right? This, this could make our day for the customer and we become their primary person or instead of just being a part of, you know, the, the total group there. So, uh, you know, it, it is those extra miles. Uh, I'll always preach the communication side of things. You know, if, you know, there are issues. A lot of times people try to hide those issues or they'll, you know, try to fix it and then come back and say, Hey, yeah, we've, we've got this taken care of for you. This happened before. And they're like, well, we didn't even know about this. Is it going to affect? So, um, you know, again, if we want to continue the communication side of things, I think that's going to help out with our customer, but we've definitely ran into ones where we also have to, you know, shut the truck down midway and, you know, have to find a spot to charter it, you know, to, to make the end meet, to make sure the customer isn't down for hours at a time either. I, um, I love that. That's the, um, you know, th- those, those, those 24 lows days where you're just like this day will never end ever and it's just you know one phone call after another of just this is fine everything is fine everything is going well yep absolutely those are the ones that make your heart just so happy yeah put a few gray hairs in the you know up there and and make sure that we continue to keep on our toes in this business exactly also you touched on one of my favorite things it's 2023 let's stop hiding things from our shippers like let's just stop like let's stop let's just open those communications and because they're always going to find out, they are always going to find out. So it's 2023. Let's just let's just stop that. Let's stop it. All right. So we are almost out of time. But there is one question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer. And it might be the hardest question you get asked today. Are you ready for it? All right. Let's do it. Is cereal considered a soup? Wow, that's a that's a tough one there. Because like you've got like some people say soup has to be cold or soup has to be warm. Well, you've got like cream of wheat, which is warm, and you've got gazpacho, which is a soup, which is cold. And you know, there's it's it's kind of a debated subject. I'll tell you what, I am gonna not answer this one and answer you the next time that we talk together here. I'm gonna do some research and and find out a little bit more because I I absolutely am a foodie. I loved uh, doing my cooking classes and some of the college work that I did for it. And I have never thought of this question. So, yes, I want to answer that at a different time than I'm back on the show with you. Okay, well, sold. I will absolutely take that. And um, just know that your penalty for the answer, the the informed decision next time is you're going to have to answer two questions next time. Perfect. I'm up for it. Let's do it. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, if anyone wants to, um, you know, provide some extra well-informed opinions to your uh, DMs on Serialist Soup, where can they find you outside the show? So obviously, uh, my LinkedIn profile is available. I've got my email, my cell phone. My phone's always on. Obviously, being in the expedite world, it doesn't get to shut off. But uh, um, that being said, they are more than welcome to email me and Shipe at Circle Delivers. My cell phone is out there, LinkedIn, anything. Let's talk. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. appreciate being on. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on Freightwaves TV, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on Freightwaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.